On today's show, we're halfway through the Dallas Mavericks season. What do we know about this insane team that makes no sense? We'll try to make sense of it. Are they going to trade for Pascal Siakam? Are they going to trade for Kyle Kuzma? Got some more insight on that. Talk about that and more. Today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Like the video as well. I'm getting more comments than likes, which makes me look very controversial. Like the video. Let me know in the comment section, would you rather go all in on Pascal Siakam or try and get a Kyle Kuzma type player? And uh, let me know in the comments section. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And joining me, friend of the show, multiple time guest, it's Kevin Gray from one oh or uh, from ninety seven point one. The freak! Oh, I just did it. I knew I was gonna do it. What you got for it's me, okay. Kevin? It's okay. Oh, it's okay. We just a while talked for, about that. It, it, we did, but it took a long time for me to even get it down. But uh, yeah, <laughs> happy to be the uh, Mavericks pre and post game host on ninety seven one. The freak on the Dallas Mavericks radio network. That is that's right. Ninety seven one. The freak. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I can just hear it in my head. Where we just listened to Mark Cuban for like an hour and a half talk about random things, like a bunch of random stuff. On Had a lot to say. Had a lot to say. I sent notes to the subtext subscribers, by the way. So if you want to subscribe and get notes on things like that, Mavs rumors, all kinds of stuff, and get them sent straight to your phone, uh, subscribe to subtext. But today, Kevin and I are going to talk all about the Mavs halfway through the season. We'll talk about where we think that they are, the different stretches of the season. We'll talk about, do they have an elite three-man lineup? Because I kind of think that they do. And Uh-oh. so we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But I want to start here. Trade rumors. It's that time of year, Kevin. We're getting close. <laughs> you know we're one month away from the All-Star game? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My wife was asking me the other day, what are we doing for Valentine's Day? I said, like, well, we might be going to Indianapolis for the All-Star game. And she was like, oh, no, we're not. We are you know, not Valentine's Day in Indianapolis. That's what they all say. That's what they all yeah. say. Is the- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're less than a month away from the NBA trade deadline. It's hard to believe that uh, we've gotten to the halfway point games wise in the regular season. And uh, yeah, once we get post All-Star break, it's a sprint to the finish after that. So a lot to still sort out between now and before we get to the All-Star break and then obviously post all-star break, especially for this team. Before Kevin and I spend uh, Valentine's Day in the city of love, Indianapolis, <laughs> there's been a couple of reports recently from our own Matt Moore from Lockdown NBA, Lockdown Nuggets, and the Action Network. He said that he's been told, Siakam has reportedly told teams that he will not commit to re-signing with any team that is not the Raptors and wants to test free agency. My question for you, Kevin, is when has that stopped the Mavericks before from trading for a guy that has not necessarily re-signed next year? Porzingis, Kyrie, I mean, they've done it several times now. Would this stop you if you're the Mavericks? Let's say if you have a package that the Raptors would take, would this stop you from trading for Pascal Siakam? Honestly, probably not, because one of the things that you do have going for you is the fact that you know, Pascal Siakam played some high school ball in the DFW area in Louisville. So right. there's a little bit of a home connection there, if you will, in terms of what he may have the heartstrings tugged at a little bit if you do decide to trade for him. 
And honestly, from a business standpoint, if you're any NBA team, particularly the Mavericks, obviously, in this case, you'll wait Masai Jury out, the czar, if you will, of the Toronto Raptors and dare him to not trade Pascal Siakam, even with the idea that if you don't trade him, he's going to walk into free agency and you're not going to get anything for him. So if you're a team like the Mavericks, you'll say, look, this is what our best package is. We know that you know that Siakam's not going to resign here this offseason, and you probably want to get something for him. So are you really going to leave whatever it is on the table without making a real decision about what you want to do with him? Otherwise, you'll just have him for the rest of the year, and you won't get anything for him. So if I'm a team, I'm waiting until we get to the you know the 11th hour to dare Masai Jerry not to trade Pascal Siakam, but all indications are that he's going to move him. The question is, are you willing to risk the assets to get rid of in order to have him for half a season and then try to resign him afterwards? If I'm the Mavericks, I would take that calculated risk, honestly. What Siakam is doing is waiting for the Sixers or or, or a team in free agency to give him the most money, right? Like there, he's yes. wait, he's waiting for that. And there is a team like the Sixers could have max money. Seems like the Pistons could have max money. I don't know that the pit, like if the, if the choice is going to the Sixers or going to the Pistons, I don't know which one you would decide. And that one, I think I know which one I would decide to go to. Yeah. Yeah. But Masai Ujiri just did this with Fred Van Vliet, literally just did this. Didn't trade him, lost him in free agency to the rock, to the Rockets who, you know, really overpaid him. And so if you're the Raptors, like at this point, I think you would just take anything or just take something so that you don't, lose a guy for nothing, especially if he says he's going to take the, you know, he's going to take the free agency route and test it, test his market and free agency. But on the Maverick side, this has not scared them away before. I mean, they, no, but they've also take took calculated risks before Chris Osporzingis. He, he comes in, he had injury risks. The Mavericks were willing to take the risk on the risk that he would come back, like that he would resign because they were taking a risk on him. Like that were, there was dual risk there. Yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, also dual risk there. You know, teams that his, his value had been been pushed down. His value had been lower. For for all of you listening that want to say, why do you guys keep talking about Kyrie like he was this, you know, like this like terrible figure? He was a depreciated end. asset when the Mavericks acquired him. He was. You're trying to tell me that Kyrie was only worth Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a first-round pick, right? Like the Mavericks got him cheaper because his price had been pushed down because of some of the things that had happened in the past. The Mavericks took the risk on him because they had Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison with the – with the relationship. So I don't know that they have the same thing with Pascal Siakam. That's the other thing about this is that I don't know if it's, if it's the same two way street there that they had with Porzingis that they had with Kyrie and that they would have with Siakam and they would just really be betting on Luca Kyrie and you know, their culture to like keep Siakam and that, that risk kind of like makes me nervous. If the Maverick, this is all a hypothetical. If the Mavs had the right package, which I'm not even convinced that they do. Yeah. And that's the part where, you see what the offer would look like if you're Toronto, if the Mavericks were to offer something, if we're talking about the likes of a Tim Hardaway Jr., a Josh Green, a Jaden Hardy, whatever you want to in combination you want to put in there and see what that entices the Raptors to do because no matter what, Siakam is determined to get to free agency, which he should because it's going to only benefit him and his pocketbook you know, going forward from there. So the risk, I think, is there to take it because now – what you do get the opportunity to do is, and in Toronto's case, it worked out once, even though he didn't resign there. You acquired Kawhi Leonard and you wound up winning yeah. a championship. And of course, he walked off, you know, to go to Los Angeles. If you're the Mavericks and you acquire Siakam, he now gets a chance to play alongside Kyrie 
and Luka Doncic, Derek Lively, and others, and he'll get the chance to see, oh, this is what a winning program looks like with two top 15 players in the league. Why wouldn't I necessarily want to resign here? And the other point being, if this ownership group is about its business, about they're willing to spend the money, even possibly going into the tax to do it, then this shouldn't be an object for them that they shouldn't want to covet because they should theoretically want to spend to have the best team around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving if they are true to what they are actually talking about and if Cuban really is about making that happen in that way. Or Pascal Siakam learned this is what it would be like to play with two ball-dominant stars that where I don't get the ball as often as I could. And so that's the, that's the risk you'd be taking. And so all, to all of this, it is a risk for the Mavericks if they're going to go in on Pascal Siakam. I still hold to, I don't think the Mavs have the right package for it, but it does sound like everybody else is getting like pushed out of this. You know, the teams that are interested, Indiana, Sacramento, Golden State, like are those teams going to really want to put, push all their chips into the, into the basket to try and get somebody that is not even going to re-sign with you? The Mavericks are more willing to take that risk because they have been in the past, right? I, I think that's my whole thing in all this, like Pascal Siakam talk. Hell, they gave Porzingis a contract before he even stepped foot on the floor for them. <laughs> like, you talked about the risk, the dual risk that the Mavericks took with Christos Porzingis. Uh, they wound up doubling down on it by giving him a contract before he even stepped foot on the floor for them. And no clauses or anything. There's no nothing, game's threshold. Nothing. They gave him a max deal before he stepped on the floor for the Mavericks. I mean, it didn't work out the way that they hoped oh. it would. But they are, like, to your point, they are willing to take those risks. And for Siakam and Dallas, maybe that's the one that you take. At least you would be the team to have the chance to see what that looks like with him in your uniform versus seeing him go somewhere else and then possibly make a decision from there. That would be part of it as as well as let's see what he looks like in this uniform here. Coming up, let's talk about Kyle Kuzma because we learned a little bit about what we think that the Wizards are are asking for for Kyle Kuzma. That's been one of my big questions. Are the Mavericks willing to pay that? And then we'll talk about the Mavs halfway through the season. All that and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has the right parts for your car. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. I know what half those things are. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Over 122 million parts to choose from. You know they're going to fit just right, and you're going to find exactly what you're looking for with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Again, eBay Motors. Check it out, ebaymotors.com with all the parts you need at the prices that you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and Bring home that win. I don't know what we're winning at. I guess winning is the getting home in one piece and like keeping your car running. I guess that's the win for us, like normal drivers. I'm not racing anybody with my car. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBayMotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. That's how you become part of the Raccoon Squad. You just listen to the show every day. That's it. A lot of you come up to me at games, and I appreciate when you say you're part of the Raccoon Squad. It's a weird thing to hear in person, but it is also <laughs> hilarious to me and great. As long as Mavsman doesn't come and tell you that. Mavsman is a daily listener of the show, and that rocked my world a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Look at there. Came up to me and put his arm around me, and I looked over my shoulder, and there was the, <laughs> the helmeted, helmeted face of Mavsman. Mavs I'm like, I know the basketball skin is under there. I just know it. Wow. 
We're talking about the maps halfway through the season. The trade deadline is coming up. Ta- just talked about Pascal Siakam. Kyle Kuzma, according to Sam Vecini of The Athletic, I know Sam Vecini. I know he does have sources, so I trust this, that he said league sources say that Kyle Kuzma's current price tag to be somewhere in the vein of two first-round picks or the equivalent value. I'm skeptical of another team will meet that price, so we'll see if the Wizards have any wiggle room in the marketplace if, uh, unless anything changes before February. If you're the Dallas Mavericks, are you looking at could be like a Josh Green and a first-round pick for Kyle Kuzma. Is that something that you'd entertain? Would that even make the Mavericks that much better? First of all, two first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma? Yeah. We're, we're doing a lot here. <laughs> we're, doing a, we're, we're doing a lot here. He's their best player, Kevin. He's the only he, chance they have. Who can't defend better than you and I these days. He, uh, sh- he showed it with the Lakers. He, he defended pretty well for them. Now, since he's gone to the Wizards, he has not done that. No, he is not. Um, but okay, the upside here of a Kyle Kuzma on your roster again, pairing him with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Does Kyle Kuzma theoretically increase your ceiling as a po- possible top six team, top four team in the West? I tend to think probably not, especially on the defensive end. But offensively, you've got another scorer that can obviously take the ball to the basket, off the dribble, can shoot a little bit, obviously as well. So. And he's going to give you some size in your front line, which the Mavericks are going to need throughout the next, you know, second half of their season. So he provides you size. He provides you scoring. He fits maybe the height requirement, Mark Cuban, that you're looking for. Um, <laughs> so, is, there, is there one? There hasn't been one. I'll, I'll say that. Just, well, you know, he mentioned, what, 6'8", somewhere around there, that maybe that's uh, that, that fits what he's looking for. Uh, so Kyle Kuzma kind of fits the aesthetic of what maybe this franchise is looking for. But I don't know if Kuzma increases your ceiling that much more than what you already have because he's already going to be a liability on the defensive end uh, based off of what he brings as a player completely. I think he can get back to being a solid, like to a solid to good defensive player because he, like you said, he does have the size. He was there, like he was, he was a very, he was a plus defender for the Lakers in that title run in the bubble. And so, like, I think he can get back there. My issue with him has been he's never really that been been that good of a spot up like three point shooter mm-hmm. or just a three point shooter in general, he can get you another bucket. So there are the games where you look and go, man, the Mavs just need one more guy to get a, to get a basket. Tim Hardaway jr. Has been that so far. And it's been that when Luca has been out at times, but there, there still are times in games where you go, man, they just need one more guy to go get a bucket. And Kuzma can do that a little bit better than what Tim can. Kuzma's contract also goes down. So if you're looking at the difference between like a Jeremy Grant and a Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma's contract is 25 and a half million, 25 or 23 and a half million, 21 and a half million, and then 19 and a half million. So it's decreasing. It's going to look better as it goes on. He's 28. So you're getting him right in his prime. This is what, this is what I would think about for sure. Especially if, you know, if Sam Vecini says they want two first, first round picks, what if they don't get it? What if they only just take like a Josh green who could be like quote unquote, an equivalent first round pick. What, like, what if a Josh Green and a, and a Rashawn Holmes does it? That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, man, that would be really interesting to me. Yeah, for if you can make the salary work and the idea that he has a descending contract, that does make it a little bit more attractive. But the fact that he's already 28 and I'm looking at another guy in the market, you know, Siakam, who's 29, who's already been a two-time All-NBA, you know, selection. I don't know. If I'm, if I'm weighing the two... I would try to put the best package together I could get for Siakam, but to a yeah. lesser degree, if I can find something that will make it work for Kyle Kuzma, then yeah, I would try to make that work in terms of, especially if I can get off a home salary 
if I have to part with Josh Green, okay, I would probably go ahead and do that because the up and down nature of Josh Green and his game lends itself to I need to high, find the highest peak for his value immediately and then move on. That way I could try to get what I could for Kyle Kuzma in that way. Yeah, it's just it's the it's the Pascal we it's the we have Pascal Siakam at home would be the Kyle Kuzma trade, right? Like if you don't get Pascal Siakam, you, we we can get if they can get Kuzma, it would cost a lot less. An interesting one. So, let me know in the comment section if you're interested in a Kyle Kuzma or a Pascal Siakam trade and uh and let us know about all that. All right, Kevin, let's talk about this team. This Mavericks team is we're halfway through the season. It doesn't it feels like the season hasn't even like fully started yet because the team hasn't been fully healthy in forever it feels like. They're 24 and 17. They started 8 and 2. They're 16 and 15 since. What is this team? Is this team closer to the their what their record says or what their record the last like, you know, 31 games has said? Yes. <laughs> Can't answer I, I look, that. Anyway. I, I look I I don't know because you know, for this team, and, and I said it the other day, you know, it's remarkable that through 41 games, this team has had 23 different starting lineups, but yet they're seven games above 500. Their dependence on a 19-year-old rookie has been night and day. I believe they're 20 and 10 when yes. Derek Lively plays yeah. this so far this year. So the amount of variance that you see from this team with a 19-year-old in and out of the lineup really kind of terrifies me in a lot of ways because I shouldn't have to depend that much on what Lively brings every single night. But at the same time, this team has been looking for continuity, and for the most part, they haven't been able to have it. But yet and still, they have found ways to win games, which in some ways you have to give the head coach credit for in Jason Kidd, which I don't know how that'll go over here on the show today. But at the same time, it is what it is because at some point, you've got to be able to make enough adjustments and try enough different things to find different ways to win games. And so far, this team has been able to do it. I'm just wanting to see what this team looks like fully formed, fully healthy for a 10-game stretch to see what that looks like. You talked about the start that they got off to, you know, 8-2, and two, you know, to start off the season. And it's been really kind of up and down since then. When does this team get healthy? And then what does that look like fully formed going forward from there? That's the part I think I'm most excited to see based off of when this team gets healthy for them. Yeah, I think we know they can be good. Right, like we know that they they can be good. <laughs> There's a possibility. Like there there is a version of this team that is good. It's just the health. When can when can we see that health actually like come around? And let's see that mm-hmm. a little bit more often. The Mavs have gone on these weird stretches. Started the season eight and two, then went three and six, then went five and one, then went three and six again, then five and two. This last homestand, it's like it really does feel like everything about this team is up and down, up and down, up and down, up yes. and down, and it all does kind of coincide with. The, the injuries and guys being out. Because remember, Kyrie missed a bunch of games. Luka has now missed some games. Lively has missed games here and there. Uh, Maxi was out for a ton. Exum has been out. Derek Jones Jr. just missed a game. Like, they've been missing multiple starters. Like you mentioned, 23 starting lineups in 41 games. Mark Follow tweeted that that's a mo- like easily the most in franchise history for the Mavericks in the, like, quote-unquote, first half of a season. Like, mm-hmm. 23 starting lineups in 41 games. <laughs> that, yeah. That's insane. And to throw on top of that, this team hasn't practiced since December 21st. <laughs> like, no practice, and you're playing the amount of starting lineups that you have. Uh, it's remarkable that this team is seven games above 500 halfway through the point because if you told me that, okay, the last time this team practiced was, I believe, when they were in Los Angeles. And it's funny because they played one of their best defensive games 
of the season because I think they, if I remember correctly, gave up less than 100 points to the Clippers in one of the two games in Los Angeles. And you thought, oh, wow, with some practice time, this team actually could be able to make some improvement on that end of the floor. And they haven't been able to practice since then. And honestly, I don't know when they'll be able to practice because the amount of back-to-backs that this team plays, they're playing every other day. The schedule has been brutal for them. And I think that's part of the interesting part of that eight and two start is they alternated road and home games for their first eight games of the season. So the schedule has been unkind. They haven't been able to practice. They've been dealing with injury and yet, and still they find themselves a top six team in the West through 41 games. It's a remarkable thing to think about, honestly. Schedule's been pretty nice the last two weeks or so. This this home stretch has been good, and I'm I'm very yeah. interested to see what they do in this next grouping of games here that, that we'll probably talk about in the next couple of days. But, but yeah, I'm really interested in that. Coming up, I want to talk about if the Mavs have an elite trio: Luca, Kyrie, and Lively. How do they stack up against some of the best trios on other teams that are the best in the NBA? Let's talk about all that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by BetterHelp. Everybody has something in their life that they need to talk about that you have in your life that you need to work through, that you have you know, some anxiety thing that's just holding you back from something that you, you're frustrated with not being able to reach your potential, all kinds of different things that just hold us back at times. If you're trying to think about therapy, if you're thinking about, I just need somebody to talk to, it doesn't have, like therapy has this connotation that you have this trauma you have to work with. It's not always that. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can schedule it whenever you want. I've used BetterHelp before, and I've loved the ability to uh, schedule something exactly when I need it to find the right time and all that. Again, entirely online. Visit uh, betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Fill out a brief questionnaire. Get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made, but visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's episode also brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props and odds and spreads and all kinds of things that you can get in on the action. Mavs Lakers, the it opens up Mavs as a two-point underdog on the road. Interesting to me. Maybe Luka plays in that one. Maybe he doesn't. We'll, we'll see at this point. You can check out that one and see what else they have over at FanDuel. So check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So place a $5 bet on the Mavs to beat the Lakers. What are they, plus 110 on the money line? So you can put money on that. You get 150 bucks in bonus bets that you can use anywhere else. And check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Kevin, we're talking about the Mavs halfway through the season. This this team has made no sense for like like the last month or two months or so, basically. But I think they may have an elite trio, an elite three-man lineup. Luka, Kyrie, and Derek Lively. They've only played 16 games together. It's not enough. It's not enough games. It's because it's been because of injury, pretty much. But so far, they have 122 offensive rating and 111 defensive rating, meaning points scored and allowed per 100 possessions. That's an 11 net rating. That's very good for that lineup that has only played not a lot. A rookie center and two guys that did not play well together last year, according to the numbers. They've been very good. What has been good? What has worked about that? Luca, Kyrie, Lively trio. Let's start there. Well, I think part of what's made it interesting is, you know, for Lively to start off with the growth that he has shown 
he's going to continue to learn how to play without fouling, being in those situations where he has to be able to remain on the floor and work through those things to be able to be an effective part, you know, their strategy defensively. But he's been a terrific rebounder for them. You saw the difference yeah. that he made in the game against the Pelicans the other day where his offensive rebounding was critical for this team, and he provides an element of size and length that they just simply hadn't had at the center position. And we talk about, you know, the ability to rim run with Luka Doncic, his ability to be a really good passer for a guy that's 19 years old. Like his passing out of the short roll has been really good for him. He's got a level of IQ from an offensive standpoint that has even surprised me so far this year. But he provides them, you know, with that trio, an element where Luka's going to be your three-level scorer, Kyrie's going to be your fantastic shot creator and maker most nights on the offensive end. But now teams have to make decisions about how they're going to defend those three, whether it be Luka and Lively in pick-and-roll situations where he's able to roll to the basket or how you defend Kyrie Irving because if you're going to send multiple guys on Luka, next you know Kyrie Irving is going to be able to take you off the dribble or knock down open shots as well. So you're playing a lot of advantage basketball, if you will, with those three on the floor together, especially on the offensive end. And then for Lively on the defensive end, being able to hopefully try to start to more erase some of those things where there may be mistakes on the defensive end. But you give Luke and Kyrie Irving credit so far for the amount of effort that they're showing on that end of the floor. But those three together provide, you, I think, the balance that you're looking for for a type of trio that could do things on both ends of the floor. He's their best defensive player, Lively is. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not even close. It kind of just comes down to that. They're five points per 100 possessions better defensively when he's on the court. Their defensive rating is 114 points per 100 possessions allowed when he's on the court. And with this trio, it you know it's 111. So it, like it's even better when all all those guys play together and like you have you you have lively on the floor. The Mavs just needed a guy like this for so long. I mean, Mavs fans have been asking for it for just a guy that can rebound, defend, block shots, do all that, and finally they get it in this rookie who has just been so awesome. I compare him to some of the other elite trios, though. If you're on YouTube, you can see this chart. I'll send it all. Uh, you can go check it out if you're on the podcast as well. But Luca, Kyrie, and Lively, they played 16 games together. Only 235 minutes. So only playing just under 15 minutes a game together. You compare that to some of the other best lineups like around the like, teams that are top seven. Like Jokic, Murray, and MPJ are one of the best lineup, like three-man lineups in the NBA. Seven, Almost a 17 net rating. They're playing 22 and a half minutes together. Like <laughs> they're playing six, like eight more minutes per game than Luca, Kyrie, and Lively are playing. You look at Giannis, or you look at even Harden and Kawhi and Paul George. They've played 26 games together compared to Luca, Lively, and Kyrie, who have only played 16 games together. They played 10 more games and he got traded midseason. Like you just look at my point in all this is if you look at this trio compared to some of the other best trios on some of the on the, the seven best teams. In the NBA, the Mavs have one. Like they have one of these elite trios. They just got to play them more together and have to like get them on the court more. And it starts with injuries, first of all. Yeah. And that's been the biggest thing is continuity and health. Once they are able to hopefully establish some of that, now we can see more time for those three together. And all that's going to do is help the chemistry of those three get better throughout the course of the year. And also with Lively continue to gain trust to be able to be dependent upon in crucial minutes where he can remain on the floor and not get into foul trouble, that will extend that time that much more for those three to be able to play together and get those kinds of minutes, especially in crucial situations that they'll need down the stretch. The Mavs also, like, the Mavs also uh, 
like stagger Luca and Kyrie a lot. They they have to. Yeah. So they really only play together the beginning of the game, the beginning of the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter. And Lively hasn't closed as many games because of the foul trouble you said. Also because of matchups, they've gone small at times and tried to put some more, you know, some other guys out there. And so that's something to also think about as well is how much they're closing because it's hard to try and like play these guys together more if they're only playing together like three times basically a game because of the staggering. Yeah, and part of that too is we talked about a little bit earlier, their inability to have practice time. These three can't yeah. even get, gain the kind of chemistry together because they're not even on the floor, even in practice time, to be able to work on different things that will allow them to be able to have some of those things play out in those situations where you can hopefully develop more time for them to be in the rotation together so that you can see what that looks like to put other teams in mismatches and situations where they have to defend what they're doing versus having it the other way around. So we know that they have an elite trio. We know that they like they need to play that that group more together. And we know that they can be good, I think, so far. I think halfway through the season, we know that they can be good. They're still a little too reliant on threes. Their defense seems to have an on-off switch, I think. But they, they can like figure out a way to play really good defense at times. So like we we do know some things about this team. It's just when and where those things show up seems to have been the, the thing that eludes us. They get beat by teams that don't have their best players and they beat teams with their best players. It's just, it's just a weird well, team so far. I mean, the Pelicans game was a perfect example of that. They hold the Pelicans to 17 points in the first quarter, their lowest point total for an opponent in any quarter so far this year. <laughs> then in the middle two quarters, they give up 42 and 40 points where they give up 82 points in the second and third quarters combined. And then they still wind up winning the game by five at the end. Like that game was a perfect microcosm of what this team has been at the high levels of them defensively or what they've been in terms of being how poor they've been defensively at times. And they still have found a way to win games to be where they are because you have, at least in this game with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie Irving going off for 40 points apiece. But that game was, I think a perfect example of why there's a lot of people that may trust this team in certain aspects and why a lot of folks can't trust them at all because of the variance that we've seen so far from this team, whether it be within a five to 10 game stretch or quarter to quarter, because sometimes you don't know which team you're going to get within the same game based off of what they do. Sometimes you want to hear a weird stat about this team this year. Their offense is two points per hundred possessions better than last season. So they're a better offense than they were last season, at least more efficient. And they're, Four spots ranked lower in the NBA. They were sixth in offense last year at 117 points per hundred possessions. This year, they're 10th at 119. <laughs> and they're two is, points better than what they were last year? They're two points better this year, and they're four spots ranked lower than they were last year. Their defense is almost is about a half a point worse than last year. So their defense is technically worse than last year, which seems weird considering all the things we just talked about, about Lively, Exum, Derek Jones, Derek Jones Jr. being good. So their defense is about a half point worse, and they're five spots better than they were <laughs> than they were last year. They're 18th in defense last year. They were 23rd. So it, the, the league has just changed all of a sudden, and that's one of the reasons why the Mavericks have been able to win is, like, everybody's defense got really bad this year because offense has just gotten way better. I mean, we talked about this. You know, anyone who's covered the Mavericks to talk about this team is the question was, can they play somewhere in the middle of average defense. Can you be between 15 and 19 by the time we get to season's end? And if you are, you're going to be most likely a top 10 team offensively this year. That should give you a chance to win between 45 to 50 games in what we see in the West so far. And right now they're what 24 and 17, seven games above 500. So by the time you get to the end of the year, you do the math. 
they could be right there where they're supposed to be at that point. Yeah, you just uh, the Mavs played the exact same kind of defense they played last year, and then all of a sudden they just stumbled into the fact that their terrible defense last year became average this year. It's like yes, it's like, yes. That's all, that's all we needed for the whole league to change, and now we're just that's an right. Average, we're an average defense, even though we're playing terribly. Uh, go listen to Kevin Gray on ninety-seven-one, the Freak pre and post game on every Mavs game. Every Mavs game on the Dallas Mavericks Radio Network, 97.1 The Freak. And you can subscribe to my channel at Kevin Gray Sports on YouTube as well. So make sure you hit that subscribe button there. But, yeah, every single game, regular season, postseason, however long that will be for this team, every day for the Mavericks for sure. 97.1 The Freak. There it is. Kevin Gray, thanks so much for joining with us, guys. We will be back tomorrow. Lakers, Mavs. Go check out WFAA, 630 on WFAA. Me, Joe Trahan. And the legend, Nancy Lieberman, previewing Mavs Lakers on WFAA. I'll be in studio. They're making me wear, like, a jacket and stuff. So Look at I'll you be, getting cleaned up. Good for so, you. Yeah, so if you have WFAA or you're able to watch WFAA, go check out that channel, 6.30 on Wednesday. And, uh, and yeah, watch a pregame show before the, before the ESPN pregame show. So I'll be on the same channel as the Mavs. How about that? That'll be fun. Again, check it out. Uh, we'll be have a postgame that day as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.